what people really want to hear they want to hear about uh marvel movies like the impact <laughs> the impact on on media and uh uh just art in general mm-hmm. that is going to be interesting and what is going to happen with theaters you know <clears throat> i was asking natalie obviously there has to be a catalyst that, that you know like you were just saying everyone shelter in place should have been like immediate should have been like hardcore uh right some of the steps that china took um, they've they've had pros and cons with the way they handled it. Snap down real hard at first, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes that can be detrimental in other ways. Uh, so they've got. So what's the what's going to be the indicator that that they can kind of chill out a little bit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that the indicator is once you have the testing in place and you start getting real results, then you can can see about it. So yeah, the the movies being delayed, like that's a bummer. It's super. I bummer. was hoping they were gonna. I was hoping they were gonna do one of those things where since it's a Disney movie, they put it on Disney Plus or on Amazon Prime, and you pay twenty bucks to rent it for a night. Yeah, and get your family together and sit down and watch the movie. Would you, know? you do that? Would you be down with that kind of uh, an environment? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely. I think it'd be fun. In fact, there's a couple of movies I'm looking at right now. I still didn't get to go see Birds of Prey yet, oh. and it's on Amazon Prime for twenty bucks. And I'm I'm I got to sweet talk the wife to see if I can rent it and, and watch it. Although I think it's for sale, <clears throat> not it, for rent. It might already be for sale, but yeah, I think <clears throat> I am sad that the widow got pushed back. And I'm wondering like how impactful all this is going to be if we're going to get a lot of movies, like a lot of stuff's been pushed back. Wonder Woman got pushed back. But how long are they going to push things back before they just decide, well, you know what, we're going to release it early digitally? Well, you know, and I, the other thing I thought about was if if it goes over well during this time, <clears throat> and granted it would be a different scenario when people can go out to movie theaters, but if it goes over well, we might start seeing some more movies released to, video, to things like Prime where people can rent them. Because I've thought for a little while now that maybe they should just do that because – there are times when I'd rather just watch the movie in the comfort of my own home, and uh, and I'd be willing to pay a premium for it, yeah, just for the opportunity to do so. Mm-hmm. And you know, if it's still a money making uh, thing for the theaters, it, why not? I'm I'm with you. I've I've said that many times before because, I mean, you know, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe, and now this has not helped any. But like. <laughs> Like I, I would have done that many times over where I did not want to go to the theater mm-hmm. and I don't want someone coughing on my neck and kicking the back of my chair. I'll pay a premium. You bet. I would pay 20 bucks. I would probably pay 25, you know, to mm-hmm. get Wonder Woman in my home. Yeah. I'd pay 25 to get Wonder Woman in my home. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> like uh, a <laughs> first run movie. <clears throat> uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you a hundred percent. So, uh, which state between the three of us 
has the most cases right now of coronavirus? Me. Us. Do you really? Yeah. I, th- I think it might be. I think it might be Louisiana. Oh no, it's it's hundred percent, hundred percent Louisiana. Um, we've got highest rate in the world per capita. Wow. Per capita. Yeah. That total <clears throat> cases, we've got more cases than Colorado and Arizona too. But per capita, we're the fastest growing. I I think it's in proportion to the level of IQ about the populace. <laughs> now I'm sure you probably well maybe you haven't encountered this Charlie because of the fact that you're supposed to be uh, social distancing and whatnot. But oh we're we're hardcore there... about it. Oh, okay, I was gonna say, have you heard anything or have people said are they are they especially in that area of the country being so hardcore Republican? Do they think that this is a ploy by the government somehow or by the Democrats yeah. specifically? Yeah, yeah. Look, it, it's not a joke. They got to the point where the uh, local mayor and police office had to issue a um, uh, curfew because people were ignoring it. They were ignoring the stay-at-home order to go out and go to barbecues and go to crawfish boils and hang out together. They thought it's no big deal. And um, Were they it, really? Hundred percent. It's part of what the I mean to the point where they had to arrest a a church minister because he was having services, um, inviting thousands of people. I mean, it's 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 it. They ignored all of it. They ignore all of it. So one of the guys that I work with, his wife works uh, like in the hotel industry. She's a manager, and and she has people under her who. You know, rent out like their buildings and their their ballrooms and whatnot. And she had recently to talk to a minister of some sort because he had rented their ballroom uh, for I believe it was this weekend, and he had rented it some months ago and had planned on having about two hundred plus attendees uh, come to see her his sermon. And he was upset mm-hmm. because they canceled it; they wouldn't let him have his sir his uh, his congregation there. And he was all that upset. is right. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, does he not realize what's happening right now? There's, I mean, look, man, I mean, if we're going to jump into it, I, I live here. So I've done a lot of thinking about it. And, um, Uh-oh. you know, I've got my, no, I mean, I've got my thoughts on it. And I'm, I'm honestly less hateful about it than you would think. I, I've had to so that I wouldn't uh, hate the people I live around. I had to grow to a point where I underst- at least could understand what their motivations were. And, um a lot of blame to go around, but the people here, long time ago in their childhood, you could say they were raised a certain way. But I think that whatever way they got there, they subscribe to a lifestyle that's ritual and routine, and they mm-hmm. they go by the things that they're taught. And it's a if we're gonna say like um, like my city is ninety percent Catholic, and you should let that sink in in 2020 where in the world are things 90 percent any one faith usually it's saudi arabia or Mm -hmm. you know it's it's uh it says something about the community and they they live within that guidelines they know that that book tells them right wrong good evil um and they go by those kinds of leaders and so it's not just that some ignorant guy hears the president say it's like the flu, it's no big deal. But once they hear that, they don't look into anything else. And it's what their church leaders are sort of echoing a lot of the time. So it's gotcha. it's difficult for um, 
even somebody in the religion to come out and say, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. And either they've tuned it out or they don't believe the news and they don't know how to understand what they're seeing. So to them, it's so unbelievable that the numbers could spike so quickly that they're not going to invest their time in reading into where those numbers are coming from and what that means. They don't comprehend that it's a reveal of what's already there and we're playing catch up. And so as it's revealed, the numbers are, you know, are spiking, but they imagine it like they're watching every bad outbreak movie they've ever seen, where it looks to them like it's either, you know, spreading like, uh, you know, like a zombie apocalypse or the news mm-hmm. is fabricating it and hyping it. And so they kind of feel mm-hmm. this ego uh, about, oh, well, I'm not I'm not a pussy. I'm not. Um, you know, that's not real. You know, they don't, they don't have somebody around them to explain to them. And it makes me well, popular at parties, you know, probably, so, uh, probably, at parties, yeah. At your social distancing parties. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's really what we're seeing. Like they, New right. Orleans has to install a curfew. Um, and New Orleans is a weird place. It's like New Orleans proper is like a little blue dot that's surrounded by red rural dots where I live is kind of like that. Like I live in this weird, but really peaceful community, like a safe place, but a hundred percent, the kind of place that if you're black and driving through with your windows down, listening to rap, you're going to get pulled over. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not supportive of that, but I've seen it. I've, I've witnessed these things and, and look, it's, it's, it's a weird how they live right next to each other, but it's true. Like 15 minutes from my house is the Superdome. But yeah. if you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. Like you come to my house and the church bells from uh, like a three quarter block away, they ring out at three and at six. And you know what I mean? Like it feels old worldly. It's, I mean, as funny as it sounds, I like the bells. I, I don't really like where they come from, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but I like the sound of it. <laughs> Um, well, you but know, yeah, in your people... mind, you can just picture the hunchback like ringing the bells. Maybe that <laughs> it, it's weird. It may, I like that old world sort of thing. Got like <clears> three <throat> different, you know, we're in three different areas. Granted, Colorado is probably a little bit like Arizona, but uh, I know there are some big differences, though. So, Mitch, what are oh, you finding yeah. there in, yeah. in Colorado right now? What's going on? Well, like, are you getting a feel for what people are thinking? Or No. <laughs> not a clue what people are thinking but can you uh, expand on that mitch no 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 no, no i can't uh, do not but i mean okay, that that um, i'm gonna take that whole bit that charlie just laid on us and i'm gonna i'm gonna shift that to later in the conversation and we'll just okay, <laughs> cool. we, jumped in. we, we did we did. just dove straight in mitch and i have been talking a little bit and we brought up the fact that Really important thing to talk about right now is what's happening with the movies. Like, for instance, Black Widow has been pushed back to November. Um, right. Well, know, and that's I, the thing. That's the stuff that matters. I think what we need to do first is is uh, rechristen the Red Room podcast because it's been so long. Oh yes. And we need yes, to address yeah. that. Like uh, after being gone and away for so long, and it's so good to be chatting here with you guys. And and these points of views are. are like I really respect and and adore you guys. Like it's really great to, that I can have that 
respect, uh, but also that adoring love that I have. <laughs> wow. So it's really Mitch, great for Mitch, me. So you thanks. Are such a, you are such a wonderful little cherub right here, man. Right there. Yeah, you welcome back <laughs> to the Red Room and uh, with with our, our wonderful, as always, guests, uh, Mike. Good morning. Good morning, wherever you are, and Charlie. Hey, representing <laughs> NOLA, calling from the deep, dirty south, the Bible Belt. I'm yeah. representing everything that's going on here. Representing we're in competition with New probably, York. You know, we're, we're, we're competing. Dirty tea. Yeah, you are, and you're, and yeah. and Mike, where are you? You're back in the old, uh, the old I'm, haunt. I'm in, in Tucson, Arizona, the Dirty Tea. Yeah, awesome. Tucson. And I, of course, am uh, dialing in from the great state of Colorado. And so yeah, how is that are. going? Welcome to the Red Room. Back. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm glad to be back in the Red Room, even if it is like virtually. Yeah, it still counts. It still counts. This is really it fun, counts. and I was thinking, like, if I could figure out how to video capture this, I could post it on YouTube along with the audio. So, you know, it would be That'd fun because you guys are real pretty, and I think that it would go really well with with the, you know. I don't need to be told. I mean, I I tell myself a few times a day I'm the prettiest <laughs> boy in the room. I I can imagine what Charlie's saying to himself. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Well, I think you need they to give yourself like more credit, me. prettiest man in the room. I mean. How many people in the room? Well, if he's the only one there. <laughs> yeah, that's the point, right? <laughs> I'm the only guy that lives here. It's not a close competition. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's just, I guess, let us let us re-dive in. I mean, since last sure. we ever spoke and since last uh, I, I was in the Dirty Tea and since last Charlie visited the Dirty Tea. Uh, when last we joined when, our heroes. When, when last we joined our this? heroes. <laughs> <laughs> we now rejoin our heroes in a completely different world, a different atmosphere, different, uh, you yeah. know, this is really something. Uh, really different Unprecedented. world. A very different world. And we'll probably go forward to yeah. be a very different world, right? Yeah. 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 I think we should probably, you know what, I should probably have a pen and write down some questions i might think of um let me just real yeah, quick I mean, get a real look, quick state of the state of the the world right now i i, I hope yeah, later give on... us the... go, ahead. go ahead mitch you're the host yeah definitely hit us up with like the year the day what's going on current events you know what year and day actually is kind of pertinent right because yeah. when people listen to this uh in in the ashes of mad max thunderdome uh yeah. aftermath of the virus post apocalypse uh, post apocalypse yeah. is saturday april 4th 2020 Right now, uh, worldwide cases as of two o'clock this afternoon, Colorado time, were one million one hundred ninety-two thousand and twenty-eight, with two hundred forty-five thousand nine hundred eighty-one recovered, and sixty-four thousand three hundred sixteen deaths. Uh-huh. Uh, United States leading the pack. We just what's that? No, no, no please continue. No, please. Uh, three hundred uh, three hundred five thousand three hundred forty-one cases confirmed. Uh, so right off the bat, let me just ask you guys on the, the conf- cases confirmation thing, uh, with tests, I mean, we're going to hit all kinds of different t- topics, but the availability and the likelihood of getting tested and that expanding and blowing up the numbers even further, because I think a lot of people actually have had or do have it, but just aren't tested. Uh, well, well that's, that's, yeah, there could be yes. cases out there too, where some people aren't, you know, it takes a long time to show the symptoms. Mm-hmm. Some people might not even show the symptoms. We don't know yet. Um, and then depending on what state you happen to be living in, I know Arizona has been slow 
to try and get the testing kits out there and get people tested. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the other if I don't know if any other states are experiencing that, but that's one thing here in Arizona. Uh, well, so not tested. This, it's I've been obsessed with reading about this stuff clearly, um, and with Brooke working in that environment, you know how I get into things, and I don't. I think I have a pretty good grasp on what's going on. Uh, I think that you're right, Mike. They just recently had it come out that. 25 to 50% of people are asymptomatic. So they don't, they're not struggling through respiratory sickness. A lot of them are showing digestive symptoms that are mild. So, you know, they'll get the runs, they'll get a stomach ache, they'll get uh, maybe a bit of a sore throat, but it really doesn't go any further than that. Maybe some body pain. Um, And they're likely not going to get tested because they don't have a fever. And so if you, even if you look at your state website, most of the states have uh, criteria that if you're, you know, you have to be, I think it was California said you have to be 65 or older to start and then you have to have a fever. So if you don't have a fever and you're not meeting the age requirement, there's not enough tests developed to just get people um, some sort of confirmation on whether they're carrying the virus or whether they uh, are, you know, have the, uh, um, antibodies do you think that that age line further exacerbates the initial perception that this was an an older person's problem um it's not i mean it's not obviously not not what they're seeing yeah 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 that's not what they're seeing i mean it's i think think anybody with a modicum of intelligence would realize that it's not saying that it's an older person disease no clearly only the elderly have to worry about it but we have a large population in this country made up of younger people who just dumb dumbs for reason the other didn't well yeah, i hate to call them dumb dumbs but yeah they just didn't get uh well i i think uh, yeah i mean you're right i mean to a little bit of both a little bit of a bunch of different things i think that i think you've got a lot of time that the people that they trust have been saying you can't trust the news uh and then the other half of people that might trust the news don't trust the president and uh that's a tough situation because it's 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 a moment in history where it's clear that the president is the most important messenger and it's a convergence of government and uh, healthcare and uh, economy and culture. Like you said, it, it'll change us culturally, I think. And it already is starting. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, uh, I do think a lot of young people that are being affected, if you look at Italy and you listen to some of those infectious disease experts that are out there talking a lot it it seems like it's pretty congruent with other issues. Like there's, if people are smoking a lot, like the Italian community um, from 25 up to the older group of 65 plus, it's a community full of smokers, a community full of heart disease and, and lung issues where this really is the biggest concern is when it gets in your lungs and what it does when it gets in your lungs. And I think the American community is... A, I mean, uh, we're a bunch of obese um, smokers who drink too much or, you know, we're compromised. <clears throat> and uh, you know when what? We get I'll this drink thing, to that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Have a drink. Let me uh, just no, interject I mean, real quick. If it gets me, I'm probably out. So thanks for taking this time with talking uh, to you guys. <laughs> well, like the, the latest, uh, some, <laughs> but there's some, um, actually, I looked this guy up. Mark Lipsit uh, works for the Harvard School of Public Health. He says... 
uh, 20 to 60% of adults will eventually contract this. So if, if, well, you, if we're talking yeah. about that kind of like, uh, you know, infectious rate, like what, I mean. That doesn't necessarily mean three of us, gonna... someone's getting it. Let, I, I, well, and look, the reality is, Mitch, I believe, like I didn't think so in February, but uh, at this point in playing Symptom Bingo, I would say I had it myself. I, I believe I did. I really do. And so does Brooke. I've never been that sick in my life. And uh, it humbled me. I'm not the kind of person that ever goes to the doctor. Uh, Mike can vouch for that. Uh, but this changed my mind that next time I get sick anywhere near that, I'm going to the doctor. And and also yeah. seeing my seeing my dad, who just uh, came out of the isolation period from having been tested positive, his biggest asset was that he's a hypochondriac. And so when he, it happens really quickly, like there's an incubation period on a lot of people, but on some people, it's like, you know, within hours and I knew within hours and my stepdad knew within hours and within five or six hours of him feeling it, he went directly to the VA. And I think that made all the difference because they don't really have, here's the other thing you should know. They don't have any idea what medicine to give you. So they just give you a really powerful expectorant. And for me, I I couldn't take enough mucinex. And the stuff I was expediating was, uh, I'd never seen anything like that before. You know, I I passed out, I blacked out on my feet and went straight to the ground. I didn't eat for three days. I had severe body pains, like I couldn't explain to you. And it lasted about 12 days. Mike, when do you you ever remember me being tested? No, it was before before any of the testing. Well, yeah, I mean, tests should have been available, um, but they weren't, and uh, there was no way for me to get tested with it. If I would have gone, they would have diagnosed me with the best guess that they had, and they probably would have sent me home with antibiotics, which wouldn't have done anything for it, and they would have sent me home with an expectorant, and I I took a bunch of mucinex. Now, to to clarify real quick, just so you know, I know that your stepfather is an elderly gentleman, but now how how old is he exactly? 82. 83 sorry 83 and he pulled through and you think that it's because of the fact that he was able to get help right away yeah uh mainly because va had those tests available right when he went in and so for whatever reason he went in and within five six hours they had him at home with heavy medication and uh on that monday he went to a right back to them and got tested and then on that Saturday, they called him and told him that he was tested positive. And that week, he got really sick. I mean, my mother was frightened to expect the worst, basically. Now, did she stay away to, uh, to avoid getting sick? You know, we've, we think she's one of those cases of people who are asymptomatic. Um, she's had mild things, but nothing go crazy on her, thankfully. But we had them pe- taking their temperature twice a day. Um we were going through the whole regiment with them to make sure they were okay. We, there is some thought that because she had malaria when she was a little girl, that maybe she's got some form of antibody that helped her resist against it. Cause that a lot of the literature coming out right now is suggesting the same thing. And if, if you've heard of them talking about malaria medication, um, being yeah. effective, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of along the same thinking. Um, hmm. but look, I, I mean, the, the thing is, is that there's not enough tests. And even if we had millions and millions of tests, there's not a way to process those tests that quickly. So like this new development from 
the the FDA where it gives the results immediately and they're producing these machines. I mean, again, you still got production logistics. You still got to get people to go and take it. And there's going to be a lot of people that don't go. There's going to be a lot of right. people that think they have the flu. My my a friend of my parents is one of them. A friend that lives where they live is somebody who's been sick now for 27 days and has not gone to the doctor, does not want to go, is not interested been in sick getting for tested. 27 days. That's correct. Wow. How old is this person? 64. I mean, not good. Not good. And not smart. But that's 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 how the people are. A lot of the people are. Um, it doesn't mean death, though, Mitch. I mean, look, even if you get it, yeah, but I'm it's old not like now. you're guaranteed going to creel. Ah, you know, come on. <laughs> I'm getting old in my age. Look at the white in this beard. That's uh, just a wait, beard. You know, That's proof. Dude, come on. I'm doing the best I can. That Native American oh, heritage is okay. just keeping me from getting that full, you know, <laughs> I, full growth. I, sorry, dude. I, I couldn't help. Uh, well, I I, no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, I mean, okay, walks with beach fuzz. <laughs> 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 It's really yeah, funny. It's Mitch, how, how is your family doing? Like, is your mother staying quarantined? Is she, is she, you know, staying home and avoiding any interactions with the public and everything? Did you or? say me? Yes, you. Yeah, Because so. I know your mother's a little bit older and she's living in Phoenix there. And no, she. I know uh, your brother lives in Phoenix. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, my mom. She she got out of Phoenix right before this all kind of happened, um, but she had just been to Hawaii. Uh, like maybe a month ago, month and a half. Visiting the oh, in-laws. Visiting my... Yeah. What? <laughs> uh, uh, but she came back and uh, then went directly up to the White Mountains. And gotcha. and I, I was talking to her on the phone and she, my brother, has, was already planning another trip to Hawaii that was like on the... Yeah, I know. And I was like... Um, not maybe, sounding good, Mitch. Like, maybe you shouldn't go. Maybe you guys ought to like not go. And she's like, no, they should just go. Do they, do they ever use terms like the motherland or, uh, you know, to describe You've never seen my family, have you? How white they are. <laughs> you, you, forget, you forget Charlie Mitch is adopted. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't forget. That's why I like making this joke. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> People who are listening don't know. Well, my, <laughs> well they might have been searching for my uh, mysterious parentage since we don't know. We were trying to figure no, out. No, they were, they were literally seeing, like, the, the cast of Moana in their heads as your family, man. They're just really thinking that you're out there. I'm a lot closer to Stitch than the, the cast of Moana. <laughs> yeah i was uh, just going for the look <laughs> uh yeah so everybody's pretty good um my brother uh his he, they're down in the valley they're quarantined up and everything his his wife's losing her mind with their five kids all staying home but uh, you know other, <laughs> yeah. other than yeah, that that's gonna uh, be rough and they canceled the school year in arizona right? arizona school year yeah, is done did. Yeah. My kids are loving it because they're, you know, they're getting their homework done within the first hour, hour and a half of their awake. And then they've got the rest of the day to do nothing. What are you teaching the them? Computer. I'm not teaching them anything. I'm still working. <laughs> Let's just my say job, they, my... can, they can load a magazine faster than <laughs> any other 12-year-old. It's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> All the knives Amanda, are super sharp. Amanda's surgery, surgery center has uh, kind of shut down because they're, they're stopping all uh elective surgeries yeah and so they're they've only got a few surgeries that they they have deemed as necessary that they're doing and uh so she's pretty much got the whole this whole next week off i think she goes into work one day for a couple of surgeries and that's it um but she's been staying home with the kids and 
you know, like I said, the kids have been, been really good about getting up. We told them they have to get their homework done before they do anything else. So they've been doing it all within like from, they've been getting up at seven, doing their schoolwork at eight. And then by nine o'clock, nine 30, they're done. The hardest mm. part has been, been getting them to go outside of the house and get some sunlight and some fresh air. Cause otherwise have you sit in the house and like be on YouTube and yeah. play Xbox and whatnot. So have you been motivated to uh, follow the example of the My Pillow guy and start getting into the Bible with your family? No, the My Pillow guy can kiss my ass. Yeah, like, I, I, I saw his, I saw his whole thing there with Trump, and I'm like, you know what? I have seen some pretty bad stuff in my, you know, with all the things, the news conferences we've seen, like it started. The worst was like, you know, Mike Pence and his verbal blowjob to the president right there on national TV. Uh, and then this guy, the Mike Pillow guy, you know, praising praising God for giving us Donald Trump. Are you uh, I missed that. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, so no, he, yeah, he, said, he did. He said he that totally in the 2016 did. election, God had a hand. God blessed us. And, and blessed us with the president that we currently have. Um, and then I so here's, think that if God did that, God's got a cruel sense of humor. So here's but, the joke, uh, though, to me, was... man, is that 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 guy, um, you know, then Trump gets up and says, "Well, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know he was going to say that." And I, my mom was, <laughs> my they mother didn't and I were talking about this. Oh, well, they are, and that's exactly yeah. what I was saying. I was like, if I was doing something and I said, "Guys, you know, I'm going to have my mother come up here and say a few words," and my mom's like, "My son is so great and fantastic. I, I just want to take. It. I'm going to go off the cuff here." Best son ever, best man ever. It goes through the whole deal, then leaves, and I go, I had no idea she was going to say that. <laughs> it, You know, it's your mom. You know that that's what's going to happen, and that's well, exactly and, what he did. He knows that they, guy is just kissing. When you read the ass. news stories, Trump Trump has encouraged this guy to run for governor, and yeah. they're they're really tight, apparently. So he wants leverage, He knows how to use leverage. He wants leverage. Yeah. No, no, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not doing that because you know just how religious <clears throat> I am. But you know, with the kids and <laughs> yeah. stuff, like, you know, we've we've been trying to get them out for walks and stuff. And the, and the interesting thing is because I have kids, I have this perspective, and I, I'm getting this not only from my kids here in Arizona, but my kids in Pennsylvania. Don't kid shame me. Okay. Oh, yeah, we don't need like any of that, man. Yeah. Yeah. No kid but shaming. Because of the fact that I have kids, I, I can see, like, why they're, this younger generation – I see it firsthand. They don't understand what's going on and they don't realize the gravity of this because, you know, my, my 10 year old was talking even just today. She was talking about like, once this whole thing is over, she's like, and everything goes back to normal. I want to do this and I want to do this. I'm like, okay, you got to realize that life might not ever be what you call quote unquote normal again. Like, you know, we were, we were talking about like, this is perhaps going to affect us as a society and the way we do certain things. And, Mm -hmm this virus may become so pervasive that while we might be able to, you know, as they say, flatten the curve and we might be able to get ahead of it, there might still be instances where people die from this oh, and people have to realize absolutely. Oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah, that, that this is will not going to be something that's just going to die out. And it's not you know, hard to believe a hundred thousand people are going to die oh, in no, this country. Definitely not. I mean, it's sad to think about, but it's definitely possible. And I don't think that the, the kids plausible fully, I mean, fully grabbable. Yeah, I don't. Well, when they're that young, like have, when you're that young, would yeah, you have been able to grasp have. something like that? Like when you're when right. you're young, you can't, and it's it's I not mean, like a condemnation condemnation of the youth. But <laughs> can I 
Can I say that? Look, I think I may have been able to more, but I root that in this phrase here, in this story. I said this to Brooke like three days ago. I go, you know, it's moments like these where I'm weirdly grateful for my abusive childhood. And she like kind of looked at me weirdly, but I was like, look, it taught me a way to live where I, it just taught me a few things about surviving tough times. That other, I think otherwise what, I you think don't what get Charlie's to learn, getting at right? is that he has <laughs> imaginary friends, and that with this, he's been able to bring back his don't imaginary insult friends. them. They keep me comfort. Well, okay, that's yeah. give me a lot of comfort. Drop, drop now, dead I, Fred. I, I love drop dead Fred. Don't make fun of drop dead Fred. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, it, it, in all honesty, I was I was being funny, but it, it's part of what I think you're saying is that, you know. Oh, even ta- a comedian said it in a podcast. He goes, who, who do you know that you can call to ask how they dealt with something like this? And nobody's alive that's ever been right. through anything like this before. Nothing and, quite uh, like this, but you do have no, a few of these, uh, like, like just there's a few people left who survived the Great Depression, survived World War II. Survived, but I mean, not the Spanish flu. No, no, I'm, I, nobody's I alive that survived the Spanish flu. I'm not saying that there's anyone who survived anything exactly like this. This is uh, this is unprecedented. Like even you know, for for yeah, for anybody, uh, any of the current generation, it is a hundred year kind of thing. It happens routinely on the Earth. It doesn't happen routinely in a human life. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I know, I know from speaking to uh, one of the gentlemen I work with, uh, and he's an older gentleman. He was talking about the fact that you know. We got to discussing the whole toilet paper shortage of two of 2020, and uh, and and he he brought up the the uh, gas shortage when in the he 70s. Was yeah, in the 70s, and my father has talked about it before, and he was saying that while it's That's not necessarily the same call. thing. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. He's and like I said, it's not the same thing. And Mitch even said it too. It's not the same. No. But there are things that we've gone through that some people have experienced, you know. And he was talking about that, and you know, the craziness that went on there. And, you know, of course, kind of talking about a little bit of the craziness that we're seeing currently, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a strange situation. Well, what I think is, is if you have strength, you have, there's, that can be applied in, in different places. You know, right. that, that, that tenuous, it, it might be a different scenario, it might be a worldwide pandemic that we're going through, <laughs> but there's, there are people who have those uh, facilities or attributes that you can look to like, well, like yourself, Charlie, you're mentioning, like you grew up learning to get through some nasty shit. So you're an example. You haven't been through this before, but you've been through things that have steeled you and prepped you to deal. Can I want to, I want to, I want to round that statement out because I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like a, a, um, here's what I would say. It would be as if I rolled dice back when all that was going on and somehow came up with good numbers. And that, that single fact that I got lucky on a flight or fight flight roll of the dice, it just pays dividends when crisis hits. I'm, that's not something I'm happy to have gone through, but in moments where it's really crazy, I'm, I'm calm. And, uh, and, and maybe that's, maybe I'm broken in just the right way, but that's, that's where it pays dividends because I mean, in a sense, I don't like this place. I mean, I like things about this place. I don't want to live here for very much longer. But I'm glad that I'm here for the people around me who I can keep calm for. 
whether that's Brooke right. or my mother mm-hmm. or my stepfather, who who they don't have anybody they can um, reference information off of because they don't know who to trust. So I, I have to be careful not to try to influence or to even make sure that they don't think I'm influencing. I have to say, here's information. I'm trying to keep you informed. And then they can decide. I give them complete uh, domain because it's their right to come up with whatever, whatever opinion they want. And that's a big confusing thing for them when I can come in and say, like, let's let's use a totally separate example. Like when we were talking about um, impeachment because they're Trump supporters and it got to a point where I, I finally got to uh, where we could agree that things happened and that they were real and whether they cared or not was their own business. Like it wasn't an argument of this didn't happen. This did happen. I don't think that I don't believe that it was here's empirical evidence. This happened. Do you give a shit? And for them, they care more about their guy than they gave a shit about what happened. And, and that's a completely human thing. It doesn't, fit with a an a rational like conclusion but that's kind of where it is with them and with a lot of people it's it's the wife with the abused husband right or the abusive husband that they want to forgive him like before anything there's a thing in their gut that they want it to work out they want to forgive him they want to keep investing and believing things are going to be different things are going to change right i mean it's i see it a hundred times can i th- you know, it's, well, go ahead mike <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, I think that like what Charlie's saying too, like, you know, based on his experience, he's learned that, you know, he can make it through these times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what you were saying too, Mitch, is that there yes. are people who've made it through other difficult times and have that experience that they can use to fall back on. Sure. And, I and get, they can be, I, that's they can be that, that rock for their families. Mm-hmm. And, and perhaps if there is a way to disseminate that information, to or give them perspective, just that, be able to give them perspective. Could, yeah, to to realize under, it, to like, under to digest. They have to. They have trouble digesting. Uh, they're overwhelmed. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not. Uh, they're not. They don't even know where to start in a lot of cases. And um, you you spread it out and you explain it and you take the time until they start putting it together and then they can make their own opinions. And I don't agree with a lot of their opinions, but I'd rather them be informed before they get there because a lot of times it's so frustrating for them they'll just be like ah, i'm just gonna you know i just think this because that's what i always think and it's there's a lot of that you know a lot of people don't want to know uh, i mean mike remember right. when i said people want it painted but they don't want to paint it right right no i, I agree i'm just i just think like mitch was saying that you know there are people out there with these experiences like yourself and like some of the our veterans and stuff who made it through like world war ii and you know the people who like may not have been in the military, but they made it through those th- those times and those things. They have these sure. experiences that they can fall back on. My wife and, is a huge asset for me in those moments. Though, I mean, she's such a mm-hmm. brain when it comes to the being for her career, and she's right there with news up front, right, and right. and being able to kind of give me some perspective, and that gives me the tools to help explain to other people. But I think I understood Mitch's comment earlier maybe a little differently. Cause I, I mean, I totally agree with both of you. If we're talking about um, this will reveal those people who have the faculty and, and abilities to have a chance to get through this or be there for other people to help them get through it. That's true. I must've said something Agreed. really, really 
Uh, like I must have phrased something terribly oh, did like, I, did poorly. I not no, no, I, I think you guys know you both interpreted it correctly, but I think like because you're both initially, like, I think like what I, did I say? Like I'm gonna have to roll the tape. No, back. no, I, I think initially that you were like I drew when you were saying people live through the Great Depression, things like that. All I was trying, me, I misinterpreted that as saying like there's no person who's alive to say this is what we did when we had the plague. Or this is what no. we did when we had this kind of sickness. And, um, you know, there's definitely people who've been through some shit and they have right. better ability to kind of adapt and, and survive. Well, I mean, and, like, uh, for example, like Mike, know, right? Here. I agree with he, that. He's, he's, you know, old. He's made it through, like, disco. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> you're old. You're old, right? You're so old, you can tell oh, us how that's that true, goes. That's true, yeah. Um, it's like, Mike, take a look here. Old as shit. Really old. <laughs> can I share? I want to mention that he's old. <laughs> So can I can I share an odd perspective? For please, me? please. Uh, Would you again, the eighties? I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. Again, I'm not like like waving the fact that I have kids, but the weird thing for me is oh you know, god, adult, like <laughs> come on, like a real adult with kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, a real adult with kids. Uh, no, the weird thing for me the is responsibilities at this per- yeah at this point in time that I'm the responsible. I'm supposed to be the responsible one. And- mm-hmm like help the kids get through this which is weird for me yeah because you know i i know i know charlie like your childhood and stuff and like your experience with your father and and then later with your stepfather and everything uh difficult times but i feel like you know mitch you you had a fantastic relationship with your father as did i I had a fantastic relationship with my father and i know as a child growing up whenever there was a difficult time that it was always a uh like a, a a boon to me to know that my father was there to handle things. And I always felt that confidence in my father. And, and you know, at, at this particular time with everything that's going on, it's kind of a weird thing for me to step back and, and think, okay, I have to be that, that rock, that confidence for my children. And I wish you know, I could have grandpa from the Juts playing quietly in the background of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, I'm just saying it's a it's a weird feeling for me because I don't feel like an adult for one thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, here I am. I'm 46 I, years old. I got kids. I don't know that that's breaking news, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks. Well, <laughs> again, you you do have that perspective that we don't we can't share. We don't have children. Yeah. But what I can't Mitch, we don't have kids. I don't. We're, we I, just we're not we're not actual adults. We're yeah. we're posing as adults in real life. I play know, one on TV. Gray beard. I play one behind and the counter. You fuckers, <laughs> no, I'm not even like saying that. No, I know you're not. Like, but not, no, I was going to try and identify with you. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me identify with. Oh, okay. I'm just saying that it's a weird experience for me because I don't think of myself as being old enough to like a have kids as old as they are and then b like have made them like help them successfully live this long. Well, obviously. The women that I, I had these kids with have have played a much larger role in that than I have. Well, we know that. Uh, that, that is a yeah, thanks, guys. clear moment of honesty. <laughs> Mike, yeah. congratulations. Well, I have been drinking. So Thank yeah, you, Mike. So thanks honest. for sharing. So, right. yeah, I get that. I, so, it's on a different so level. Mitch, you're the you're the oldest in your family as well. Yes. So, you know, you probably have your siblings who, while they may, might not want to admit it, but they probably do look to you, especially in the absence of your father. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlie, I mean, I know, you know, I know your family. I've met, uh, I've met all of them. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I hate to say that Charlie is probably the most down to earth and well, well-rounded, but that might be the case. Um, That's a fact, Charlie. 
(laughs) (laughs) But I just think that like, you're definitely, you're definitely the clear headed one in your family, Charlie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you. And while you can be, while you can be emotional, (laughs) you don't let emotion rule you. Um, Well, so yeah, thanks. I mean, look, Mike, that's a, I appreciate you noticing. Uh, but yeah, my family wish they noticed more. Um, but like to kind of what we were saying before, that skill set was born out of those moments when I was a kid, right? I had to learn mm-hmm. how to digest that emotional baggage and weight, and I got really into my head. And I practice at that because that's the only way I know how to be. And and I mean that to a fault. Like there are times where I shouldn't be so analytical, but I'm always analytical and and it's exhausting like it's exhausting for me it's exhausting for other people and uh and i've had to work at trying to either hide that that's the reality or trying to get better at turning it off and i think that's a lot of what you know the weed is about is it brings me to human level right it it makes me less annoying and um so mitch I'm sorry. I, 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 want to relate, I, I, I want to relate to Mitch. Uh, you, uh, okay, so tell him that in a second. Hold that thought. Okay, Mitch, how I, I relate to you second. being there for Natalie is I, I don't want you to think that I'm not – so kind of to how I would deal with the crises when I was a kid and how I got better at it getting older. I still do the same thing. I'm still worried about the same thing. I comfort myself by reading and digesting as much as I could get in front of my face asking every question that I can think about mm-hmm. and trying to sort of have this um, um, set of scales for things that are intangible, you know, where I can say uh, my wife works at a high acuity, a high level hospital. That makes me feel better because I know that there's a lot more protocol for protecting what's inside than there would be at a lower acuity hospital. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel better. Then I think, oh, she's a specialist and she's in a big unit. That means she's less likely to get floated. And that there's, you know, she goes through a little bit more of a survivor's remorse where she feels bad for her coworkers and friends that have to go into those situations because they don't have the proper gear. And unfortunately, the situation and the employer's lack of preparedness has put them in a situation they have to choose between their oath and safety, you know, for themselves. And it's it's not a great situation, but I end up I know it is. I'm scared of it, too. But because I'm arming myself with as much information I can, I can rationalize that our statistics, our odds are better. I was thinking of something uh, just now because, you know, we've talked a little bit about like, you know, we feel like. Like Charlie is is especially adapted, perhaps you could say, to, to dealing with this crisis on in on his end, and and you know you're a rock for your family, and I feel like I hope that I'm being a rock for my family. Um, you know what is it gonna what is it gonna take for people to get through this? Not just from like the medical level, but like on a more on a on a personal level, like on a, a, a you know a level of what what did they need to find within themselves in order to, to come through this thing? Dude, they're going to suffer for a while. They're going to have to, this is going to make or break people. This is going to be their moment of that same roll of the dice, fight or flight moment. I mean, you're talking about a generation and a half of young people who have never had to struggle through anything. And now this is a big deal. And it's really going to hit them, and it's going to be a lot of pain 
they're going to be a lot of people who just don't have any way of understanding this and some of them will break and other people will step up and you know the good thing is is that they're more those younger generations are more apt to be able to adapt because they understand how to use technology and the older generations who can't they're going to have a hard time and a lot of people are going to lose a lot of friends they didn't expect to lose or family members that they didn't expect to lose and businesses they didn't expect to lose and jobs they didn't expect to lose you know it's a it's going to be a big cascade for a good amount of time even once this this part is over there's going to be a lot of problems a lot of problems and it's going to so be in, painful in talking about what's going on then and talking about culturally then this is going to be one of those things where perhaps you think people at the end of, you know, and granted, I don't necessarily think there's going to be a true end to this, but at the end of this uh, may have to pick up the pieces of their lives and start over again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. I totally confident in that people are think? going to have think, to start Mitch? over again. You're, you're rather quiet. I think you're, you're thinking of something, Mitch. I want to want to hear what kind of golden <laughs> gems you have to lay on us. I don't have any golden gems. I just, I, I just, you asking the question of, uh, you know, what's, what are they going to have to deal with or what are the things they're going to have to summon and muster to be able to get through it? Um, there, you know, there, there's going to be, when Charlie mentions there's going to be pain, there's going to be difficulties. I mean, I think that, That'll be economically, I think that, you know, uh, emotionally, socially, these people, like, there's going to be so much to go through. And I think what I was saying is that the three of us have so much to say that it's hard to really get this really focused and get these conversations going in the direction I think that they need to go. The fallout, um, culturally, what is going to happen, uh, you know, small scale, the handshake going away possibly forever the handshake which has long yeah. been a symbol it's a that. it's a matter of trust that was always the been high five the high <laughs> the high five the, the i'm not joking generation lebron james like lebron james just said that i don't want to let go of the high five no but th think about that when when you have a cultural figure like lebron james saying he will never high five again i mean look how how many comedians would have made a ridiculous joke about how in 1985 how 40 years in the future black man was going to give up the high five, you know, like, I mean, it's not, it's not a joke. That's, that's going to happen. I, I made a reference the other day that, I mean, I went to the grocery store yesterday wearing that mask I showed you earlier and I was surprised how many people were wearing masks and think the social justice warrior is going to go away and it'll be replaced with, uh, you know, people who are not wearing masks will get shamed as being, not community safety conscious. I think uh, you're going to see a lot more oh, of that kind of interesting business. Thought. Yeah. That's an you interesting know? thought right there. I think you're going to see a lot of that, and there's going to be a lot of people fueled by what they lost. And look, the good thing is it will probably melt away a lot of the divisions that we're dealing with to some extent. You're going to have people being nicer to one another in, in the end. Not I would now. love that. Wait that's a beautiful thought, man. Out. That's a wonderful thing. And that's one thing but that that's has already kind of you're seeing that. I mean, like when you see people come out and applaud are the you health, you are in some places not broad enough. I'm telling you, it hasn't been painful enough. It's gonna get people it's forget gonna get worse so over quick, the next Charlie. Weeks. People forget it's, so people quick. Do. I'm I'm with you. I would love that. Like I I desire that in my heart. Like you don't even understand. Like I 
I've seen I some of those relate. acts. I, I've seen some of these people coming out of the woodwork, and I've seen us trying to pull together, and we're all in this together. And so, you know, if you yeah. want to get spiritual, maybe maybe God did put it here to try and bring us all together, that kind of thing. But human beings are awful, and they're gonna forget. You know, they will. But go ahead, Mike. Mike. The quote that keeps going through my head, believe it or not, is from the first Men in Black movie. You remember when when Tommy Lee Jones is sitting there talking to Will Smith before Will Smith accepts the job, and he's like, "Why don't we just tell people that there are aliens here on Earth?" You know, uh, he's like, "People are smart," and 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 you know, Tommy Lee Jones is like, "A person is smart, but people are dumb people are and stupid. mistrustful." And, yeah, yeah, as a group. And unfortunately, when I look around, maybe it's sure. maybe it's the the pessimist pessimistic side of me, but. When I look around and I see like we're having these shortages in the stores of toilet paper and and you know and food and stuff, I get a little cynical and I think, yeah, people are dumb because they they panic and they've blown a few things out of proportion. And I I believe some of that comes from the leadership, you know. Undoubtedly. But at the same time, like if people had stopped to think logically for just a moment and been like, Okay, I'll stock up on a few things to get me through a couple of weeks. And then I'll leave what I don't need, so that uh, someone else can come along and get what they need. You know, if if we're if we're truly in this together, then you gotta you can't just think about yourself, but you gotta think about the next person coming in behind you. You know, it, you have to. Look, I agree with you. I wish I wish I could believe that we are are gonna come out of this, you know, better at the end. I mean, we will. But when you read stories about like neo Nazis talking about like like you know uh, weaponizing cr- the coronavirus and stuff, I'm like, uh, like seriously, these elements they bring you down. You know, they bring well, us being, down as a society. Being better, being being a shift is really just. It, here's what's crazy: is it's not the difference between uh, you know. 70% one way and 70% the other. It's the difference between 55% and 55% the other way. I mean, it's a, it's a slight swing that makes a huge difference. It feels different. And I think to kind of go back, you know, I, I can criticize people I'm around about what I disagree with and whatnot. But one thing I, I give them credit for is in moments like this, they really do want to be kind, even to people that they would normally not uh agree with and I, I maybe the lines there get a little harsher when people are really racist but it's not like there's a lot of people having a lot of political divide right now where i'm at because where i'm at is you know pretty aggressive it's pretty bad and i think that people feel very much that sort of comes out of them because they're used to that routine crisis whether it's a hurricane or a flood right like they're not going to let somebody drown they'll help them up they're also not going to lend them any money or let them stay in their house but they'll get them out of the water you know what i'm saying like it's there's a there's something there and they can be very kind about a lot of things they can be very team oriented but that's also baked into their way of looking at the world right you know and but they're still hoarding the toilet paper I think people are going to be more willing for a a socialist impact on our democracy, especially with the medicine. I think that that kind of thing is what's going to change about us, you know, and and it has nothing to do with anything other than the president wasn't prepared. I'm not saying that Hillary would have been prepared, but he's the guy in charge. 
there were warnings. He didn't heed them. That was his choice. And now we're in a position that we're in. We might have been able to steer a little bit away from this had we been ahead of it. That's right. what people who are smarter than me are saying, and I believe them. Um, I think you might you know, be giving too much credit by saying that, that it was a mistake and not a conscious decision to profit and thinking that it wasn't going to be as bad as it was going to be. I think it's, I mean, before he even gets to that point, I think part of his makeup is just he's so suspicious and dismissive and, uh, you know, concerned about the deep state and things like that, that anybody who has letters behind their name and who he's intimidated by, he just wants it. He'd rather uh, call doubt to him and say, not going to happen. And then every single time it doesn't happen, he feels like, I told you so. I told you so. Mm -hmm. I told you so. You know, and and that's just, that's kind of, I mean, I mean, you're right. I think that's true. But I think that thought comes at a point where he's like, oh, shit, I really missed that one. How can I how can I make the most of this? You know, and mm -hmm. that's 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 what I think is going on. You know, he his game is is a very complicated version of three card Monty. And well, um, and he's very good at discerning blame and uh, putting himself in places of plausible deniability. Well, I feel like where, where his constituents misjudged him is they, they felt like, okay, here's a guy who's not a politician, but what they didn't realize is here's a guy who's worried about his image. Mm -hmm. Okay. And who's they don't know him. He appears. Right. They bought, they bought the character from the apprentice. That's yeah. the whole reality TV made a huge impact for the, for how he got elected. Uh, oh yeah. And definitely. look, let me tell you something. You know how you know that's true is because he has, uh, he has um, uh, costumes, you know, if you think about it, like he has a character, has an outfit and you know that character by the outfit. And for him, it's the it's the cheap black suit with the long red tie. Mm -hmm. And you're always going to see him in that and that he is playing that character. And, and you know, it's funny because it made me think of a podcast with uh, Billy Corgan, with Joe Rogan, and they were talking about Marilyn Manson and they were saying like, and Co Billy Corgan was so f interesting because he was like, you know, I created a, a, a outlook and a character and I played that character. But then when that, when I went to other things, you know, I became me again. And then he talked about Marilyn Manson, like here's someone who went so deep into the character that they are that person now. And the other person's not really there anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And I, that's how I see him. I see Trump as being the guy who, you know, he was somebody else. They had the groundwork to become this character from The Apprentice, you know. And at that mm -hmm. point, he became so popular. He became something. Everybody loved that power trip, and they bought into all of it. He became that that sort of lifestyle, right? Rich, mm -hmm. don't give a shit, bitches on the side, gold everything. I mean, he's a, he's a rap song. The crazy I'm getting thing really is sad right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Did not mean to make you sad, bitch. Don't be sad. No, it's, I mean, right. it, there's lots to be sad about. I'm, I, all I'm suggesting is that it, the guy the guy is a big uh, marketing ploy. That's all, you know. Yeah, I just think there's, there's things to be concerned about. And unfortunately, in the state with where we're at and everything, it would be nice if we had a true leader, which I don't feel like we do. Oh, are you kidding? We got Pence in charge of this. 
outbreak now because he knows how to handle uh, outbreaks, right? Honestly, HIV, the biggest thing anybody? that gives me hope is uh, Cuomo <laughs> and Cuomo's popularity and people watching his press conferences. I think, I think there's a really, uh, you know, let's. Before let's try to move on from talking about depressing. Now, did you see? Did you stuff, see the but... Daily Show where they were talking about like Cuomo and, and the quote that came out of there? Cuomo like, women now are finding Cuomo like to be very, very attractive and everything. And, and yeah. then well, Trevor Noah was like, serious. "Yeah, I myself am a Cuomo sexual." But, but look, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah awesome. I mean, that is an awesome the, quote, right? There. Look at the look at the comparison between those two leaders, you know. And I think mm. that's a that that's something that's hopeful is that now you see. You know, you're seeing images of, of different types of leadership, and I think people will wake up to that. You know, uh, I mean, look, Mitch, I think there's a lot of reasons to feel like there's hope that people are done with what he's made us into and what, what it feels like. But the, the, the scary thing is Trumpism isn't going to go away. You know, he'll probably start his own party, you know, and, and try to milk that for every dime he can get, um, you know. That's that's kind of how it goes, you know. You're, it's it's hard, but it's true, and it's not the first time the country's been through it. So ultimately, we'll live through it, you know, right. and, and we'll have a moment in time where it comes back to us. But this here's the best way to look at it: once this like eight months is over, then we should have a lot more to look forward to. I don't, you know, whoever's in office, they're not going to let this kind of thing happen again. I want to talk about what we started off with and never got to. The movies, Black Widow, Black Widow's getting can- pushed to November. All right. Um, yeah. Now yeah, they're talking to refill his drink, dude. All right, we'll just chill for a second. Like... Yeah, man. What you got there? Let me see. What is that? Mash build black bourbon whiskey. Wow. So Wait, did that say a coffee something or other? I couldn't see it. Hold it up a little. Uh, raise it up a little. Finish with the a little high right there. With Kona coffee. Wow. Awesome. Oh, that is totally up your alley there, Mitch. You get to have some of that. I guess I'll be okay as long as I got this, right? Yeah. Hey, as long well, as I've got alcohol. I've got a pro okay. respirator, so I, I, I can come and visit. I'll just get on you the got plane a with that. Pro respirator? Hell yeah, I do. You know I do. Nice. Oh my gosh. So the other day at work, like, they came around with like uh, all these face masks, and apparently we actually have some of those. 95 masks or whatever they are yeah and 95 yeah and 95 we don't have a lot of them but we got a couple but we use them down in our debris department because you know mm-hmm. they're, they're dealing with metals and they're they're particulate in the air yeah. yeah there's all kinds of particulates in the air so we have to have them and we're like an essential company so you know because we have some government contracts so we're particulates already plural you don't say chinese Mm-mm. no we got some Asian Tropic Thunder about. reference. Chinese. Tropic Thunder reference. Come on. Oh my god. You don't say Chinese. Dude, I only saw Tropic Thunder once and I didn't pay much attention to it because I didn't like it. Ah, oh, I love that movie. I know you do. I know you do. You love you love like Tom Cruise at the end dancing around. And you love uh, like, that's more like, Brando. Brando loves the Tom oh, Cruise bit. I, Tom yeah, Cruise he's the Tom Cruise. He likes the Tom Cruise bit. I like the uh I like Downey's. You like Robert Downey Jr.'s portrayal? Because I just think, I mean, you know <laughs> how perfect you have to be to pull that off? Another dude. Let's talk about how this is going to impact movies, man. Do you think the movie theaters will make it? That's a good question. You know, or do we think drive throughs will come back? Drive-ins, rather. Ooh, hey. Drive-thrus were fun, man. I love that. Hey, that is a good call. That would be cool, yeah. 
That is an interesting call. Think about they could redo it. They could redo it. Attach your because you could you could literally uh, connect with your radio Bluetooth. Mm -hmm. Your whole car becomes the the surround sound, and you can go into. You can go into smaller, even if you just pulled up in the screens that they had went right up to the windshield. Every vehicle had their own screen. I'm not kidding. What do you think is more likely, like the the, uh, rebirth of drive-in movie theaters? Or do you think, like Mike and I were talking about just a little earlier, the uh, first-run movie piped directly into your home for a premium price? Do you think that'll catch on? I always thought that was a great idea. I have long wanted that to be the case. Do you think that'll I think happen? that's where people expect it. I think people expect that to be where it goes. That's going to be where it well, goes. Well, look and, at Amazon and, Prime right now. They've got several movies that had had like hit theaters just before all this, and have since come out, and they are uh, available for you to rent for about twenty dollars. Yeah, I mean, I think people are gonna. I think it'll go that direction. Then you'll have special viewings and stuff inside of theaters. Theaters will become more specialized. You know, big release, but it'll be quick. You know, it'll be like, oh, you didn't see that the first week. Oh, man, that sucks. You know, <laughs> well, see, and speak, speaking of the impact. So if you have that where people download the movie, watch it at home and everything, does that then affect like like the Academy Awards that get handed out? I mean, I know no. they have like independent panels. No. that like uh. check that stuff out and everything. Well, you've already had people argue against like a, like movies being released on Netflix, not qualifying as cinema. Right. And, you know, people have already right. made that that which I think is asinine. It's but bull, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. Like, I, I'd be interested to see the the economics of that. Like, what it, what that means for box office that that first weekend. Like, what are the economics of first run movies hitting the home? Uh, you know, within that first couple weeks. Like, what's that going to look like? I think it, it'll just be it'll just be quicker transition. There'll be a lot of what we're seeing now. There won't be things lingering in the theaters for a long period of time, and they'll be ready to launch on Netflix as a backdrop or something. You know what I mean, or on right. the on demand, because they they were even considering doing that. The Black Widow was releasing on a Disney, Disney Plus. You know, I was kind of hoping that they would drop. Release. Yeah, I was hoping they were going to because I was all excited for it. I've got Disney Plus. I I paid for my my year long subscription to it, and mm-hmm. then uh, you know I, I was waiting for it. You know they didn't do it. They did the movie Onward, which I still haven't watched yet, but and that's like a animated Pixar movie or something. I am um, well, I. Sounds like a great concept. I probably won't watch it. I basically use the theater as a <laughs> as a trial run for my home experience anyway. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'll go catch whatever big movie it is, and mm-hmm. you know that's really just a, a an audition for whether or not I'm buying the disc to watch it and enjoy it in my home anyway. So mm-hmm. give it to me for twenty five oh. bucks. That's what I would. That's less than I'd spend if if Natalie and I went out to the theater. Right. Right, buying popcorn and whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if this catches on, then it'll definitely impact theaters. The theaters will take a hard hit. Um, sure. But uh, so maybe it won't catch on because, of course, the theaters are going to want to make their money. Um, I can see movie studio, studios worrying that if they release it, uh, that people will get together and rent it one time and just watch it in their home and not go to multiple viewings. You wouldn't have multiple people going and paying the price for the. How many people ticket. do you think go to multiple viewings at a movie theater, though? Not that many. I think I'm one of the few. Yeah, I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think most people do. I think you have to be a movie buff to do that. Yeah, and I, look, I do that, like, to be fair, movies. can I? I mean, can I say like maybe that's what those theaters become? They become more geared towards the Avatars, Jurassic Parks, uh, Marvel movies, uh, big, 
you know, the, the, the other stuff is probably not going to have a home. Smaller movies are going to have to either have like a very artsy sort of venue or they're going to just go directly to Netflix. Well, Scorsese was already yeah. complaining about that, saying that that was the case, that, you know, that it's only the giant pop. Yeah, he was movies. complaining yeah. that they're not, they're not movies or they're not cinema. They're not yeah. film. Not a film. What, about, is what, he what said. about those art house movies then going to uh, like to, to download and stuff where you could rent them through like say Amazon or Netflix or something? Like that might be an interesting way to get those movies out to a broader audience, perhaps. Because maybe- you may have a point there. Like it may be something where you buy the ticket, you go to the see it in the theater, and then as you're leaving, it's like put on your phone or you get a code to download it at the end of the week or something. That's shit. hot. Ooh, is that, that what you were saying? That's sexy. I like that. that. See what I'm saying? Like you, yeah. you pay to go to the movie theater, and then you get like a code that literally it releases digitally two weeks later, and it's in your it's in your house. Dude, you need to get yeah, get on that like right away. <laughs> I don't know Dude, how, yeah. how you can pioneer you pay, that. In a heartbeat. I mean, wouldn't you pay premium? And then you'd have different packages. You could pay for the digital package, or if you wanted the the box set, you pay for it. But you pay for it when you went to see the movie in the theater, and oh, then it would just be. Delivered Actually, you know what? That would be a good way to make the movie industry, the, the theater industry, bounce back yeah. if it were affected by all this. That would be a great way for it to bounce back. Well, it, well and that's the other thing about food. I mean, think Let's about how this kinda, idea. That's, can we? You should. Yeah, this is not a bad well, idea. Well, I think, like, for example, print media could have saved themselves a lot of heartache with that. Like, when you went and bought a book, you had a digital yeah. code for the for the digital book. <laughs> Why right. do I gotta buy both? Right. Like, if I go, I want to buy the actual hard copy of the book. I'm old school that way. I want the media, but I might yeah. want it on my reader too. That I gotta pay another Wait. ten bucks. That's not cool. Yeah. How about this? How about this? Get used to buying your fast food and your your dinner meals from people wearing masks. If you do go to dinner, which will be different because they're always gonna maintain some level of distancing, or you'll go into little booths with the walls there anyway which is something there that's in a lot of booths anyway but the the serving staff the chefs they're all going to have to wear face coverings just like they have to wear hair coverings you're going to see that kind of thing happen um you know it's going to change how you get popcorn at the theater you know what i'm 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 picturing someone wearing a welder's mask yes like at the movie theater and they'll have it all you can get it like you know airbrushed and everything so it looks cool you know uh, big how do you go to fan, a, have it painted like Darth Maul or something, something like that? But how do you go to a bar or a concert if and buy a drink if you're wearing masks? I had this thought, which is going to make you laugh, but you know, we we talk about a uh, uh, Mos Eisley Cantina, right? right? All right, and you go in there and you have these people who have full face masks on with straws right. and shit. No, you're, you're right? right. Yeah. I'm just saying, that. like in the most extreme version of this. Everybody's walking around with some welder's mask, like Mad Max, with like straws that go into containers to be able to have drinks and communicate with one another. And being yeah. able to take off your mask is going to be some huge, intimate gesture, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, you know, what's hit that? What's click. that meme I saw with like the Mandalorian? <laughs> like, I do not take off my mask. This is the way. Yeah, we must all this wear masks. This is the way. This is, I have I'll be honest. Like you were just as you were starting to describe that scenario at a bar. Or, for example, in a small venue where you're going to see some live music. I might have been tearing up a little bit. Like, I know that, you know, we can't cry over what's lost because we don't know yet exactly the full impact. But, the it, you know, for Mike's kids or my nephews or whatever, like, the idea that they won't be able to experience 
live music or that experience of going to the bar, although they're Mormons, so they probably won't go to the bar unless they're a Mormon like us. <laughs> you know, like, like that. They're just going to drink too much milk. They'll just drink too much right. milk. But hey, well, <laughs> uh, that is, I don't know, it makes me sound a little bit too old and a little bit too. Uh, you know, not nostalgic. Well, back in my day, back in my when day, when we moshed, we were breathing on each other. <laughs> Dude, that's that's Uncle Mitch. You're so silly. People don't look, do that. Look, I'm just sad for the loss. Is that's still all. gonna you, you're gonna get kids who are grounded because they were hanging out with their friends without masks on. <laughs> I, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. They're gonna be punks and they're gonna rebel and they're when gonna you do talk, it. They're gonna say there's nothing Charlie, to be afraid of. But, you know, hey, once yeah, again, yeah. my ten year old. <laughs> My 10-year-old with this whole thing, she's like, when they first they canceled school and everything, can I call a friend and invite him over? We're like, no. Like, it's not a good idea right now, and there's no guarantee that their parents are going to even let him come over. Probably not at this point. Well, and the kids are vectors. I mean, the kids don't get yeah. sick, but they pass it on between the parents. So you don't right. know if their yeah. parents have it. Yeah. No, we've been telling you. the Petri dish she's got to stay at home. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it, look. It's 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 funny to say this, but you know, this may be an interesting divide between rural and urban communities. Mm-hmm. So, where like the the rural kinds of communities are going to be like, we don't need a mask, everything's fine. But then you're going to go and see something in the city, and inside right. the city, they're like, you know, you have to wear your mask before until we take your temperature and know that you're not symptomatic, and then we'll take your mask off. But you're going to have to stay a reasonable eye contact if possible uh, and if you you know we offer you a face mask straw if you prefer you know it's it's going to be some places are going to be like that here's what know. you're going to have you're going to have the combination welder's mask uh beer beer helmet <laughs> yes yes yeah With beer the, koozie helmet yeah inside. yes yeah survivalist I actually want that now. I'm going to have to make one. I don't want this world. I don't want it. I, you know, it's, I'm glad it's you guys are going to be so that extreme. Well, well, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to, I don't want any part of this. I'm not interested. I miss you, know, you guys. I miss my friends. I want, I want to have movies out on the back lawn with, with my buddies over and I want to make, you know, I don't want this new world. So, so I'm let gonna, me, let me I'm give you go, a positive spin. Let me give you one positive spin. No, okay? there's no nothing positive. Let's just drink and just forget it all. And just... <laughs> Here's one positive spin. If, if it if it the way that I hope it works out is Try. that this this makes such an impact that you start having a, a group that's in charge that's preparing and if and really uses our resources the correct way. And there's a possibility of that match, <clears throat> a huge one. You know, you can't you can't shirk that. I want to believe you, but I I know too many people that refuse to use intellect, reason, logic. They just are blindly just following, and they don't they don't have enough faith in science, and so or no way to comprehend it. We focused on a lot of the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that. Mitch, there's a lot of reasons to see good. I know that maybe you don't see it, but my wife works in healthcare, and there's a lot of people out there trying to be supportive, and they want to do the right thing. And oh, everybody sees. Didn't mean to bum you out, Mitch. That's all right. It wasn't you. It was the corona. It's a little me. Yeah, coronavirus. That's why we drink whiskey. Well, oh I... yeah. Here, let me let me let me uh, let me really cap this off with something that'll bring you plenty of embarrassment. Uh, Brooke can confirm 
that two brand new babies, twins, were named COVID and Corona. No. Oh, yeah. Little COVID. What I think is, we, I, I think we, we talked about that. We, t- we said at the beginning of this, we said we should do this more often. We should make it weekly, bi-weekly, whatever we should do. I think we got to do it again because this was very yes. much a purging. I feel like this was very purgy. Uh, you know, it was very much. I didn't even get a some... chance to ask you guys about Corona stops making beer. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. Mexico shut down all no, the beer. I... I Are you serious? It, but, no more. Yes, yeah. I'm serious. Right now, there's no Corona, no Modelo, no Pacifico. None of it's being made right now. No Modelo. No Modelo. No Modelo. Sorry, I got whiskey. That's right, why that's I have whiskey's good. Whiskey, so. Yeah, Kentucky's in full churn. Uh, ask Ask Brooke if whiskey kills the coronavirus because I've been disinfecting my mouth regularly. And the I'm, answer is no one knows, <laughs> but I think it's as good of an effort as anything. <laughs> Okay. Just don't use that tank cleaner or whatever it is. I know, man. How did you, that's did you see that? Terrible. Honestly, honestly, terrible. I just, I just thought it was Darwinism at its best. I'm like, let's remove it is. all the. It is. That's a Darwin award. Sure, one hundred percent Darwin award. Awarding labels. Let's just let people do what they want. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> we Look, I out. really think I think it's important <laughs> for us to kind of have some like active journal about what's going on not only where we live, but the perspective there, like the perspective from Arizona is going to be different than what I see around me. Right. Like it's, it's at least to a point where we all know that we're getting to a place where there's no more real denying that it's real Mm -hmm. and there's less hyperbole, which is great. It's not gone, but it's a lot less. I think everybody knows pronounce that hyperbole, hyperbole, no more hyperbole. Um, but you know, that's, I think people kind of agree it's a real crisis, and I think that brings people together. You know, I think you can see elements of it, and I think as it gets um, you know what? I, worse, you get a very you'll see more of it. And I, I hope you're right that this will I'm, I'm reporting what I'm seeing. I'm just being reporting observational. New Orleans. Yeah, I'm living it, man. Like this just in from New Orleans. There's, there's a lot of denial. Like it's just ridiculous how many people are out crowding – public spaces it's like okay look it's not a vacation for you to stay home and then go to the park and crowd each other right. and, and it's the the whole well, order to stay home excuse, it's not an excuse to have a party and get together right yeah and you, you don't have a stay at home order you don't have no. a stay at home order in colorado yet no we do shelter in place order okay yeah okay yep arizona's okay. governor called it uh stay at home stay at home he order. felt like calling it yeah, because he he said that if he calls it a shelter in place order, it might scare people. Oh well, people should be a little bit scared, and that's the thing: I is balancing so. the fear, balancing the fear with the optimism is the hardest thing for me. So, Mitch, but, do you, did you say earlier you were part uh, Native American? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Charlie, that's that's what he likes to think. Um, I was born on the uh, reservation, I, but I can't say here's for why. Sure. I, I, I'm suggesting that maybe your deep-seated fears about a pandemic has something to do with smallpox. It might. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Your genes remember, Mitch. Wow. Yeah, well, it could be. Yeah, but you guys too heard what soon. happened. <laughs> no, not too, too soon? No, not too soon. <laughs> that might have been a little too soon. No. I do think we need to do this more routinely, guys. We can cover oh, a lot more. 
Yeah, we need to have more material. I mean, we're winging it on this one, and we got kind of dark because we all wanted to vent about Corona and what's going on. You know, it's a weird moment to be alive. You know, and we'll come out of it. And here's the scary part: we're going to be the elders soon. So we're going to be in charge of shit. Yay! That's weird. I'm not certain I should be in charge. I'd like to. We're be not charge. certain either. <laughs> what? I'll give it to Mitch. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll vote for Mitch. Well, you're right. We are the. We're, I mean, soon. I mean, pretty much we are on that cusp. We are, you know, pretty elderly. <laughs> Wait, if we're. Well, the elders, I mean, I wouldn't we say we're elderly, but we're in that. We're in that gods. age group that the forty. You know, we're in their forty somethings. We're kind of, um, the, you know, we're in that yeah. that station between the really old that can't do anything and the really young who, to, they can't do something a, a certain way. Like we have a good merge of technology and. And being able to actually build something. I think a lot of young people don't have the build part. And a lot of old people don't have the technology part. Gen X, know. man. Specifically engineered <laughs> yeah. and evolved for this moment in time. Time to... Yeah, they just didn't know it was all about us the whole time. They Fucking didn't. millennials. Again, guys, the, uh, my deepest gratitude for coming out and sitting here and chatting and drinking and talking about all the chaos that's going on in the world right now. And I'm looking forward to us making this a more regular thing again. Uh, now that we have the uh, technology, the ability to do so. Mike, um, what kind of parting words do you want to leave us with right now? Oh, wow. Uh, parting words. You know, first off, I just want to thank you, Mitch. Uh, you know, I, I love these times that we have, the times that we've shared in the past, like doing the Red Room and and uh, just being able to share some thoughts and everything. Uh, it's been great being back here with you guys again, uh, albeit from a distance. Um <laughs> Miss you guys in, intensely, and uh, I'm really happy that we were able to share this time. Hopefully, things will return to a sense of normalcy sooner rather than later, although, you know, I really don't feel that that's going to happen soon. Uh, but once once things do calm down a bit, I just hope that at the end of everything, the, you know, we as a nation, as friends and whatnot, we can look back on things and say, hey, you know, we were able to pull through, we were able to come, come together. That would be wonderful even though there is this pessimistic side of me that doesn't necessarily see that happening, at least not yet. So oh, pick her uh, up or... I, I, <laughs> yeah. You know what? Happiness I, I is a warm a, gun. A downer, you go. But I'm just... I really you know, hope things get okay. I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think they're going to happen quite the way we want them to. But uh, the thing, the thing that I love is that, uh, uh, you know, I can always count on my friends. And, uh, uh... and that's where I take solace in, the fact that I have friends and family I can count on. So thank you guys. You guys are my friends. You guys are more than that. You're my family. So oh, it's wonderful being here. Thanks, guys. More thank you, Mitch. That. Thanks, Charlie. Um, putting feathers in your butt doesn't make you a chicken. It's true. Tyler Durden line. Now, um, you know what? I think I think uh, I'm optimistic about where it's going to lead, and I think that people um, will come out of a crisis having gratitude. I think it's really just kind of what's represented here. You know, for me, before we have to get busy finding words to describe what we want or what we hope for, what's being represented is we're three grown individuals that had a foundation and a friendship we care about. We're states apart and separated, and we have the technology to be able to see each other's faces, to comfort each other and and give each other information, to share how we feel and to support one another. And 
I think that that's something that everybody is already in tune with, even if it means that they're only talking to people they agree with or, you know, they're stuck in those moments. They're helping each other, you know, even if it's just a little bit. And there's there's no other way to see it that, you know, everybody knows that you got to help out. And the ones who don't are 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 being called out or you know, ostracized. Even the people were joking about the don't follow the stay in rules or they go out on their own. Even those people are being called out on some level and it's it's ratcheting up little by little because it, it equals lives. So I mean, there are reasons to think that society will come out more decent. There'll probably be a price with that, but you know, I mean if the grocery stores that I'm seeing in the hot one of the hotbeds in the country and uh um for this whole thing is you know toilet paper is starting to come back that gives me hope you know uh there's there's ground beef on the shelves you know there there are rules being set in place by the store owners you know only six per end and they're they're making special hours for healthcare workers so that healthcare workers can go shopping Excellent. these are all things that aren't being done by the government these are being done by um by Trump supporters in the South who happen to manage a Win Dixie, and they they know that those people that are in healthcare need their support, and they they are doing it to the best of their ability, and it's genuine, even if they don't agree or don't understand. Like I said at the very beginning, I have gotten more headway with them simply by being very accepting of whatever they think, and but getting to a point where we can at least agree on reality. Like, let's just agree on the water we're drowning in, and then you can decide whether it's a good or a bad thing, you know, and, and we can disagree or whatever, but let's, you just, you can't survive without finding that mutual ground. And I, I've seen that. I see it now. I'm hopeful to it. And I think that the three of us getting together this way and talking about it is a great, a great way to represent the value of friendship. So I'm hopeful because of this. More, I'm hopeful because we have it, you know. And that we care enough to contribute to it. And I missed you. So it's a good thing. I'm glad to be back. I miss you guys a lot. Uh, and I, the only thing I really have to say is I, think I, I needed this. I needed this in a very selfish way. So uh, I did too, man. Know, I think we all did. That's mm-hmm. good. So uh, thanks. And uh, yeah, you know, love I, you. I, I want to man love. <laughs> man love. Man love here. I'm going to sign off with, with something simple. You guys had a really uh, great way to sum everything up and had beautiful thoughts to share, but I'm just going to close it out with one of my favorite quotes. Let a smile be your umbrella. Thanks for listening to The Red Room, guys. Smile Check us out umbrella. on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>